So again, surrounding yourself with the right people that will maybe tell you to slow down and be brutally honest with you and say, hey, you know, have you talked to this person or have you looked at this angle of this business? Um, that kind of thing. So, you know, having those people that can really hold you accountable and be brutally honest with you, that's worth having in your corner and, you know, go at your own speed. Are you looking for true personal freedom? The freedom to design the life you truly desire? Then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's gonna help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. All right. Well, welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. And today I've got a fantastic guest, a person that's become a great friend of mine over the last 12 months that I'm super excited to introduce you to uh, the listener. Uh, I know he's going to bring a ton of value. Uh, He's got a lot of wisdom to share. So I want to bring on Greg Young. Uh, He's currently in the Tampa, Florida area. And as I mentioned, I'm super excited to see and hear where this conversation goes. I know it's going to be super valuable. So welcome, Greg. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. So first off, just uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, uh, where you where you are from, where you've been, uh, just those key points that uh, you think would be valuable to folks. Yeah, sure. So I'm um, originally from New York, you know, born and raised in Long Island, um, big Mets fan, big Jets fan, big sports guy. Um, I went to college in Arizona, University of Arizona. I was there for about four years, uh, graduated with a you know degree in business. After that, I lived in San Diego for about four or five years. I didn't really do much in San Diego, to be honest. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, you know, just hanging on the beach and kind of figuring out my early 20s. Um, once I realized I could not afford a single piece of real estate in San Diego uh, during that time, I hightailed it to Phoenix, Arizona, where I knew one person, my buddy Kevin, um, still a great friend, best friend to this day, and to kind of set up my life in Arizona. So for a while, I worked... Um, as an admin person, um, just trying to get my feet wet in Phoenix. I didn't really know um, if I was going to stay in Phoenix long term. I ended up staying there for 16 years. So after that admin job, I kind of realized cubicle life was not for me. I didn't want to um, you know, sit in a cubicle with a boss for the next 30, 40 years. Um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate. Um, and that's when I kind of stumbled upon real estate investing. So it was about 2010 when I bought my first home that I lived in. Two years later, I turned that into a rental and purchased another one. Um, and I will say this was the help with uh, the help from my my family. Uh, my parents helped me with a lot of the down payment, if not all of the down payments. So they really kickstarted uh, my real estate investing career. But that's how I started, just buying one single family home. And um, kind of fast forward to this day, I'll fill in a little bit in between, but I'm still a, a real estate investor. The only difference is right now I do it full-time. So back then I was just trying to um, educate myself, figure out you know who I need to surround myself with, um, what real estate investing is, what it means to me, and what I want to I want to achieve in that realm. And then in about 2015, I became a residential realtor while still living in Phoenix. So still doing the investing thing. I figured you know why not help others buy and sell real estate, um, learn a little bit about the transaction, who's involved, you know the the lending, the title, all that, and um, that really helped my investing as well. 
And then, yeah, fast forward, you kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, me and my wife, we just moved to uh, Tampa, Florida about nine, 10 months ago. And um, yeah, and living, kind of living the dream here, I guess. Um, still have a lot of levels to go to go through, but um, I really love my day to day. Um, I love living by the beach, not on the beach. But yeah, it's been a great journey. And um, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. That's awesome. We'll circle back to some of that because I know a little bit more. I want to dive into a little bit more of what you're actually doing today. Real estate has been a big piece of your life in the past. and But I know also that uh, the things you're doing now are super exciting as well. So we'll we'll double back and try to get touch base with a little bit more, that a little bit more as we get along in the process. So let me, uh, what I want to do with my guests is I've got three questions I want to run by you and answer them as to the best of your ability. Uh, feel free if they're one word answers, that's fine. But if you feel like you want to go as deep as you can, that's, it's the point is trying to get and give as much value as we possibly can to the listener, trying to give them some different experiences, uh, some different ideas. Uh, one thing I've learned in my process is that every time I've listened to somebody else's experience and everybody else's, uh, ideas, you can always glean different advice, different things you can try on your own. So that's the intent with these three questions. So number one I have got for you is who has had the biggest influence in your life? And that could be someone living, someone uh, currently, something that's past. It's it's really, it's up to you as far as how you answer that. But who has been the biggest influence in your life? Um, that would have to be my father. Uh, you know, he, and I wrote about it in, in this one of, uh, one of the chapters of the books, but, um, you know, he passed away three years ago. And it's kind of funny when somebody passes away, you realize they're an influence in your life, but you don't realize how much until they're gone. Um, so I always looked at him as, you know, my father, he was dad to me, obviously. And I knew he had a lot of influence on me, but it took him passing for me to realize how much I was like him and how much room he'd really kind of given me, um, you know, being open-minded with all of my jobs that I took over the years. Like I said, in my 20s, I took, you know, job after job and, and they were decent jobs, you know, with um, like TD Waterhouse and Geico, but I was just trying to find myself. And not once did he ever say, you know, hey, I don't think that's a good fit for you. Um, maybe you shouldn't do that. Um, he was always supportive. He was always asking me reasons why I thought that would be a good fit for me. So trying to pull that information out of me. And one thing that I realized also is, um, you know, my dad was, he was a, a vice president of an international bank, a few of them in New York. So, you know, he knew finances, he knew banking. He was definitely on the the Wall Street side and the stock market side. And me going into real estate, um, I don't want to say it's the opposite because I think there's a lot of different ways you can invest your money, but he really didn't do a lot of real estate investing or anything involving real estate at, at that point or ever, really. So when I told him, hey, I'm going to lock into real estate, um, this is what I really want to do. And as he saw me progress you know, throughout the years when I first started, and then it was year after year, I was sticking with it. I was seeing results. He was asking me questions you know, about how to invest in real estate or, you know, what, what would this look like if we did this? So he really gave me that, that room to, to grow. And he never pushed like, Hey, I want you to be a banker or you should work on wall street. And then once he saw what I was doing with real estate, he kind of realized the game plan that I had. And, and he told me a few times before he passed, you know, I'm really proud of you. And I really see the path that you're taking. It's not the path that I took, but there's many paths to achieve, you know, a goal. So um, I think just, yeah, for that reason, just him being open-minded and not pushing me in one direction or another was really helpful. And like I said, I realized some of this after he passed, but even when he was still with us, I knew he was a big influence in my life. He was, you know, the patriarch of my family. And 
he was definitely more than my dad. He was uh, a great mentor to me as well. So that's why he's the biggest influence. That's awesome. That actually is a very similar story. The part of your story there that mine is, as far as with your father kind of learning from you, that was very similar to my story. My dad, I was teaching him some different investing ideas, uh, personal development, financial education, the things that we try to advocate here on, on the podcast. And I was teaching him things that he hadn't discovered. I had always wondered why he wasn't sharing the things with me as I was learning. And I found out that he wasn't, he wasn't even aware. He didn't even know. So yeah, that, that part of it that you just shared where you were actually sharing it with your father, that, that hits home for me. Cause that's almost exactly how it was uh, for me as well. That's super cool. So I can imagine there's uh, just all kinds of stories there. Uh, sports teams there in New York, all the competition, right? Yeah. always said Mets. Jets and Islanders, right? And then you've always got the other side, the Yankees. Giants and Rangers, yeah. Yes, I was going to say. I See, I'm not a New Yorker, so I wouldn't go to <laughs> rattle out of that off, but that's super cool. I appreciate you sharing that. So the, the second question I've got for you is, what has been the greatest challenge in your life and what did you learn from it? Yeah, so the biggest challenge I think in my life was um, probably a couple of years ago. And again, this is what I wrote about in the, the Next Level of Your Life book, Big Health Challenge. I was, um, you know, in the beginning of 2020, I, you know, like many people had the New Year's resolution, I was going to lose weight, I was, um, you know, I'm not a tall guy, I'm about five, seven, but I was weighing in about 215 pounds, which, yeah, you know, I was, I was overweight, I was fat, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I knew that. So 2020 was a year, I was going to make it happen. And, you know, then COVID hit, right? So COVID was actually a blessing for me when it came to losing weight, which I kind of wrote about a little bit. Um, because it controlled my environment. So I wasn't um, going out to happy hours because I was still a realtor at this time, happy hours, client dinners, um, because, you know, everybody was kind of basically shut down. So I took, you know, my New Year's resolution as kind of that power behind me. And then when COVID hit, that was another one. I was like, all right, this is going to be great because I can, I have no excuses to not eat healthy anymore, right? It's If I do, then it's my own fault. So Kind of doing that, I was, you know, losing weight. I thought I was healthy. I dropped about 30 pounds at this point. Um, and this is fast forward to April 2021, um, you know, down some weight, feeling good. And then all of a sudden, um, I have this pain in my stomach where I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Something's wrong. You know, went to the doctor. Um, basically, two doctors told me um, it's either diverticulitis or your appendix. Either way, get to the hospital. And I was like, oh, this is not what I want to hear. I don't want to, like, I thought I was on the right path. Um, so my first lesson right there is just because you're losing weight or you're skinny doesn't mean that you're healthy. It just means that, you know, that's the outside. You don't really know what's going on on the inside. So anyway, it luckily it turned out to be a mild case of diverticulitis. But after I got out of the hospital, um, you know, I immediately uh, made another resolution. I said right there, I got to change my diet even more, um, basically get more strict on the spectrum of, of eating, which I thought I was, but looking back on it, you know, I cut some corners and had some slices of pizza that I shouldn't have had or whatever you want to call it. So, so yeah, so that was the biggest challenge, just really diving into, you know, um, my nutrition and fitness and everything even further than I thought I could just because I had to. And I had that, that life scare of being in a hospital is, uh, you know, it's never fun. Um, so, you know, I've been in a hospital for breaking bones, playing sports, that I can definitely handle because, you know, that happens, the bone heals. But when you're dealing with all your stuff internally, organs and systems, um, you know, as you get older, it kind of gets a little scarier. So that was the uh, the biggest kind of uh, shift and hurdle that I had to 
overcome in the last two or three years. So the diver diverticulitis, is that pronounced correctly? Yep. What can you just unpack? What is that? I've become aware of it because of you and we know each other. I had not heard of it prior to meeting you. Can you go a little bit more in depth of it? You know, what diverticulitis is and even maybe some symptoms that you had that in case maybe even somebody might be experiencing things similar to that, right? Maybe they can get a little bit of ahead of it. So is there, is there anything you can unpack there a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, I will say, I don't know like the medical technical term of all this stuff, but sure. this is the way I describe it is, you know, diverticulitis is not getting enough fiber in your system to basically have your digestive system work properly. Um, and there's, you know, I think to get a little technical in your, um, you know, digestive system, there's basically these holes or pockets where um, some food can get stored and that causes an infection. And I believe that causes diverticulitis. But if you eat enough fiber, it kind of basically smooths out that process where you're not going to feel those effects. So yeah, that's basically the way I described it. I wasn't eating a lot of fiber or as much as my body needed at that point. So, and then yeah, as far as symptoms, um, I just felt a really weird pain, like kind of right below my belly button. And it was like a, a dull, constant pain. And you kind of know when your body's telling you something that it's like not like a muscle or it's not something like that you did in the gym or whatever. So I guess I would say, listen to your body if you feel something, especially with your stomach, because there was a lot of, you know, obviously going on there that we can't uh, see and, you know, um, know what's going on. So, so yeah, definitely pay attention to your body. Yeah. So that was kind of the way I um, kind of ran across that, but um, quick fix, easy fix for me. Mine was mild. Sometimes you need surgery. So um, thankfully, I can kind of, I ride to the ship with diet, but, um, you know, everyone's going to be different in that vein. And we're going to go down the the habits and diet and all that, that you've changed, even just because of this situation, even though it might've been mild, uh, it's definitely been a life-changing moment for you, which, which is uh, super cool, definitely to get to know you and about that, that part of your story. So then the last, but not least, the third question here for you is if you could share one thing with your 20 year old self. So I'm I I'm a big believer of of giving back, right? Helping the the younger generation kind of see some of the steps maybe that are that's in front of them. Some of the things that you've learned uh, along the way that you could just look back to your 20 year old self. Has there been one thing that uh, you've learned that you would wish that you would have known then that you obviously know now that you would uh, like to share with the audience? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think you're gonna you're you're gonna relate to this very well. But it's just mindset, right? Like in my 20s. Um, I definitely didn't have a lot of confidence, but I didn't even know what mindset was. I was just kind of, you know, you're kind of winging it as a 20 year old or even a 25 year old. Um, you think things just happen because they do, or you go into um, like a job interview and have the, the, you know, that mindset of, oh, I hope I get this job as opposed to there's plenty of jobs out there. You know, life is abundant. There's a lot of uh, abundancy out there. I didn't discover like personal development and mindset until what was I 39 years old. So three, four years ago. So if I would have known that 15, 20 years prior, oh man, life would have been a lot more, I don't want to say easier. It would have been fun. A lot more, you know, I would have had more, um, more fun experiences and more adventures and um, just would have accomplished more. I would have tried more. I would have failed more, right. To, to learn from those failures. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I had to go back, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years, geez, um, to tell my 20 year old self that, it would have been a game changer. So um, for all of the, for anybody listening, really, it doesn't, it's never too late to start, but if you're in your twenties or, um, and you don't have that, that mindset and that confidence, you know, definitely surround yourself with those people who do. Um, and especially now there's books and podcasts and audible. I mean, there's no reason to, 
not figure out how to get access to this information. But uh, mindset is my answer to that question every time. That's, that's yeah, as you mentioned right before you answered, as far as resonating with me, yeah, you're right. That's the financial education with the personal development, right? Those have been my two, two key pillars uh, for myself and where I've been able to, to uh, achieve any type of success in my life as well. So that's, that was unprompted, but that was a fantastic answer. I will, uh, I'll give you kudos for that one. That was, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so that's cool. So you've made reference a couple of times and I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper that uh, you're actually a best-selling author and a two-time best-selling author. So I want to take a minute and talk about that. I know one of them is called Success Habits of Super Achievers. You were a, a chapter, you were, you were a chapter inside of the book. Uh, and then you've had one that actually just came out recently, depending on when you're listening to this episode, uh, recently being I believe, end of this last year, was it the first part of 2023 when that, uh, yeah, first 2023. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, number one bestseller in multiple categories, uh, international it's, it's just been a fantastic thing. So just wanted to give you a, a second to, uh, talk about those Books. I know. I think you shared two different types of stories, or two different stories in each book. Um, I know the first one in the Success Habits book because I don't have the newest uh, book that you've got out yet. You talked a lot about habits. Uh, we talked about. Uh, you mentioned your your diet and how you've had to change those types of things. So, anyways, just wanted to give you a second to kind of kind of talk about those books and even any of those those stories at all, either book, and and kind of see and hear about where you've been and that part of your journey as well. Yeah, of course. So I'll touch uh, briefly on both of them because I think they kind of bleed into each other. Um, so the success habits, you know, I wrote that chapter um, on my business side. So as a realtor, how I, you know, doubled my business and doubled my business again, just from, um, you know, creating healthy habits, right? And they were more like business habits, um, but also some of them were your personal habits as well. Um, and that kind of bleeds into the next level of your life um, because, you know, in that book, um, actually, I have it right here too. So I'll send you a copy, Randy. Don't worry. Yes, please do. But um, but yeah. So that kind of bleeds into um, you know, habits around health and nutrition and lifestyle, which um, I really made the foundation of my day. You know, um, I know you know my day. We kind of spoke about it earlier off camera. Um, you know, waking up early and doing the healthy things before the text messages come in and you check your email and everything just kind of comes at you left and right and and up and down. So. Um, so yeah, so it's all about habits for me. Um, I love, you know, creating habits, improving on habits, and then tracking them, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, um, you know, talking to people like yourself and saying, what are you doing? Maybe you can give me an idea. I can give you ideas. Right. So, um, you know, that's the beauty of hanging around the, the right people is, um, you know, exchanging just sometimes it's conversation. Sometimes it's specifically, Hey, Randy, what habit do you do for this? Right. And then, you know, you kind of glean on how can I, you know, put that into my day. Um, so yeah, so habits have been really foundational for, you know, my business side, my health side, um, and even relationships, you know, as well. Um, you know, my wife, we and I, we, her and I go walking uh, pretty much every morning. So um, with no cell phones, it's just us, you know, getting the morning sun. And um, we talk a lot more, right? Because we have an hour to walk around the neighborhood and you know, find out what's going on in her world. And we just talk about, you know, sometimes silly things, sometimes important things, and sometimes mundane things, right? Like just normal husband and wife conversation. But um, but yeah, I've discovered a lot of things about her that I don't think I would have known. So 
Um, yeah, just having some cool conversations and that would have never happened with without the, my morning routine or the habits that I, you know, really protect, you know, I really protect my habits during the day. And um, a lot of them are non-negotiable. So um, I build my day around my health and my habits, basically. And that's, that's fantastic. You talk about the walks. I've always said we walks with my wife is a big thing for us as well. We don't do them in the mornings, but we'd get them out there as often as we possibly can. And we, we always say that we get to solve the world's problems when, when we're out there getting our walks in as far as that. <laughs> yeah, everything shut off, no distractions, right? You can really dive deep into a conversation. But I wanted to share in the success habits book and we're in a lot of the chapter inside of the success habits book was about your habits. And in one section you talked about, and it was the heading of it was tweaking and maximizing habits. Just want to give everybody a, a flavor of, of uh, the content of what you actually produced in this chapter. And this one sentence jumped off of the book page uh, when I read this. It says, next level thinking is when you have one habit, approve upon it, and then commit to the process. That's gold, meaning the ability to have a habit, commit to the process, and then stack your habits, which is exactly what you've done. Uh, I know the the 75 hard, the fitness program that uh, some folks may be familiar with or may not be, that's virtually become a habit for you. Uh, I know you've done it multiple times, mm-hmm. three, four, almost in succession. It's like you do 75 days and then you do like you don't take a break. And you just, <laughs> but my point is, is that you've created habits into your life where that's like now it's just become part of your lifestyle. These walks in the morning is part of the 75 hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's different facets to the program itself, and maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on, on what some of those habits are. But I know for a fact, having gotten to know you, that that that's you speaking about habits and then you Im- implementing those habits into your life has been really it's been life changing for you. And that's that's kind of how I've I've always read it. And that's how as far as I've I've seen you uh, getting to know you and in, in your current life physically or um, personally and then obviously professionally as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the habits are habits for me are huge, right? And you mentioned, you know, the 75 hard. Um, and I mentioned, I think, a morning routine as well. Um, so I will admit, you know, I like doing things over and over again because I need that repetition. Um, even after 75 days, you know, we we took a break, my wife and I, after it, and we kind of fell out of, you know, some of the habits a little bit. So it's not like even after 75 days, you would think it's gonna happen every day, no matter like, no, like not for me. I'm I don't know. Sometimes I can be lazy or sometimes it just doesn't stick. Um, even with doing the morning routine, um, you know, I modeled my my morning routine after um, the book, the, the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Um, and I think I've shared this with you. I read the book and I was just like, yeah, I was all excited. I'm going to do this. And I tried and I, I failed. It took me like a week, maybe two weeks. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not a morning person. I was just filling my head with excuses. And I was like, no, like millions of people have other million, you know, millions of people have done this before. It's not me. It's or it is me. It's not the process or, you know, all that. So um, so I read the book again and I just committed to it. Like you said, I was like, no matter what, I'm going to do this. A lot of it, you know, in the beginning was, you know, waking up early. Uh, I don't want to wake up. Um, but now now I'm morning. I'm a morning person. I love it. It's, you know, that free time that nobody else can really steal from you because the workday hasn't started yet. Um, so yeah, so just creating those habits and, and failing and revamping and trying them again, or maybe you tweak them a little bit, but, um, you know, make them your own. Um, even with, uh, 75 hard, we, we've done it twice. And the first time I did it, 
Um, one of these stipulations is to drink 128 ounces of water every day, a gallon of water. And I was doing some research and I was like, well, I can't find anywhere like in a medical journal or anybody that mentions a medical journal that a gallon of water is recommended or needed for your body. Um, and in some cases they said, well, it could dilute, you know, your electrolytes or whatever. So it might not be the best thing in the world. So instead of just throwing out the whole 75 hard program, I just told my wife, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do the water. I'm going to do 80 ounces of water, 80 to 94 ounces of water, whatever that looks like for me. Um, and I did everything else on the program and, you know, I just checked everything else off and I did my 75 days and it's not like, you know, you get a, a t-shirt at the end that says I did it. Like I just did it my way and it created a lot of great habits that I'm still doing to this day, to your point. So, um, so yeah, that's what I would say about habits is, you know, definitely make them your own, um, you know, tweak them a little bit and, um, you know, you can just kind of set your lifestyle around them and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's it's having that desire, right? And then making the decision. And then you've got to start following through. You've got to make the commitment to follow through. And if you can't make the commitment to follow through with the desire to get to the destination, it you might as well not start. Like you said, with the first time you read the Miracle Morning, right? You weren't necessarily committed to the process. And so it didn't necessarily stick at that moment. Whereas mm-hmm. you going back the second time, your desire was a lot higher. You you needed to implement the processes and you did and it's sticking and then tweaking them to your own what's best for you right the 20 128 ounces if 128 is too many and you know whatever is going to be best for you and the ability to rationally think for yourself to make those decisions it's not right it's not wrong the point is just implementation taking action and then sticking to that action until the end so 75 days might not sound like a long time but when you're on day 30, 40, 50, <laughs> yep. you start realizing that, wow, I still have quite a bit of time to go. Uh, I don't know where you're at, right? I think you're in the process of doing it right now. I don't know what day you're on. And I'm sure you can probably tell me, uh, but I, I assume, or I think you're maybe halfway, maybe three fourths the way through. Okay. So you have still have some, quite some time to go that if you weren't committed to the process, you could easily bypass any part of it. So I commend you to for sticking to it, which you know is a is a stamp on on who you are as as a person and your character and that type of thing as well. So kudos to you to to stick with it. And Mandy too, your your wife, I know she's part of it as well, and she's super cool. And uh, so that's great great that you guys are doing that together. So that's awesome. So I want to pivot a little bit and talk a little bit more about where you are today uh, in your previous stories, you talked about real estate, and I know you still have some real estate in your portfolio. But I know you've uh, done a little bit of a pivot as far as like what your interests are and where you're spending a lot more of your time that uh, I know, I think, and I hope that the listeners will find valuable in, in this part of the discussion. So just was hoping that you could dive in a little bit deeper on where your journey has taken you to from the real estate world in Arizona. Now you're in Florida. And I know, like I said, you're doing a little bit more uh, different things with businesses and things like that. So was hoping you could dive in a little, little deeper in that, into that for us. Yeah, of course. Um, so the way I set up my real estate portfolio, and I, I did this on purpose. So I would say when you're doing any kind of investing, you know, have that angle in mind and work backwards. Um, but I set up my real estate portfolio to be mostly passive, right? So where I, you know, either do the work in maybe the beginning and then it turns passive or 
I invest money with Randy and Randy does the work and he sends me the money that's passive. So I'd say a lot of my portfolio in real estate is passive at this point, which I love. Um, passive income are two of my favorite words. Um, so that's kind of the way my real estate portfolio is set up. Um, on the active side, you know, what I'm doing with my time every day, um, you know, that's something that Randy's getting to is, um, you know, I joined a mastermind over the summer and it basically taught us or taught me how to um, buy and sell cash flowing businesses. So kind of real estate related. Sometimes there's real estate involved, but it's definitely a different animal because um, there's a lot more moving parts to a business than, you know, buying an apartment building, let's say. Um, so there's, you know, a little bit of a learning curve there with, um, you know, the people and the underwriting and all these different terms that I had to kind of like figure out and flesh out a little bit. Um, so that's where I'm I'm at right now. I, uh, I haven't pulled the trigger yet on a business, but um, I'm working with, you know, a couple of sets of business partners. Um, and again, that goes to um, how you want to personalize it. Some people like working uh, strictly solo. I like working with uh, business partners um, just because they usually have something that they're better at and I'm not so good at and vice versa. And that makes a really good partnership. Um, so yeah, I'm in the process of um, analyzing these businesses, calling on the businesses. And ultimately my, my real goal is to whatever money I make in those businesses, I'm going to funnel that into real estate passively because I just want to keep building that, you know, that foundation of passive, in, uh, passive income with real estate. Um, you know, so I can eventually, uh, you know, retire my wife and bring her to my side of the table and have her kind of work in the businesses and work on the businesses and strategic planning. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my goal is to actively, you know, buy some businesses and then uh, funnel that money into real estate passively and just keep on growing. That fits in to, uh, I learned this from Robert Kiyosaki back in 2017. And it was something, it was the first time I'd ever heard that was the idea of businesses, buying and building businesses at your at your first level that produce enough cash or cash flow that you invest take those proceeds and invest that in cash flowing properties real estate and from the cash flows from the real estate then supports your lifestyle mm -hmm. before i had heard that from him i was doing it all backwards i was trying i was doing all kinds of crazy things and that's a that's another topic for another day i'm sure i will either share that in the future or i've already shared that on a separate podcast we'll, we will get into that discussion but what you're talking about buying and partnering with to buy cash cash flowing businesses right that is going to spin off enough capital that you're going to take the proceeds put them into passive real estate investments and then from those proceeds or those profits, you're going to then take those and then create a lifestyle for you, your wife, whether you're in Tampa, whether you're in wherever, it doesn't matter. You're right. That's the whole point. Create the lifestyle that you choose. And at, uh, at our age, um, yeah, who knows, like you said, retire and, and start to do the things that you, that you really want to do. That's, that's super cool. So having gone through this for the last, it's not quite been a year, I don't believe, but it's been, we're, we're approaching a year for sure. What's been the biggest aha? Like what's, because uh, I, I know, well, I say I know, but I would say that several, some of the folks are familiar with the concept of buying these businesses, right? And they make it sound super simple. Even like real estate for the last few years, it almost was believed or shown to be real simple, right? Just get some debt and put it on some real estate. And the next thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just make it, and I know that it, that's not true. 
same thing with your businesses, right? Or these businesses, I, I'm actually looking into businesses as well. So I know that there are some complexities that aren't being talked about. Is there anything that you can share, something that you've learned? I know you've analyzed dozens, if not hundreds of deals, some key takeaways that you've learned that you could share with the, the audience that would uh, hopefully maybe get them pointed in the right direction as well. Yeah. So the, the biggest takeaway that I have, it's not actually like financial or about the business, but it's more in like, I guess, in the mindset realm of, you know, kind of going at your own speed because, you know, you, you surround yourself, especially in a mastermind with people that are, you know, buying a business. You know, there's uh, one gentleman in there. I think he buys a business once every two months. Right. Um, I'm not going to compare myself with him because he's been there and done that. And it's sometimes it's easy to get swept up in that. Like, oh, I just got to buy a business. It's it's so easy, like you said, and they make it so easy, you know. But, you know, like I said, it took me two iterations of the Miracle Morning to figure out how to wake up early, right? I'm not going to buy a business two months into the mastermind, um, nor nor probably should I, right? Um, so if it takes me a year or two to buy one business, um, cool. Like, I'm not in any rush. Um, you know, thankfully, I have, that, I have time on my side. But that would be my biggest takeaway is, you know, don't compare yourself to people. Um, especially at the speed that they're going, because, um, you know, you're, you may be just starting, but they're on chapter 10 of the book, right? So they're a little bit ahead of you. Don't worry, you'll get there. And then um, all will be good. So I'd rather not rush through, um, you know, a transaction and make a big mistake, just because I want to buy a business in the first three months of joining a mastermind. Um, so again, surrounding yourself with the right people that will maybe tell you to slow down and be brutally honest with you and say, Hey, you know, have you talked to this person or have you looked at this angle of this business? Um, that kind of thing. So, you know, having those people that can really hold you accountable and be brutally honest with you, that's worth having in your corner and, you know, go at your own speed. How has it been getting in the room with these folks? Has that been impactful for you? It's getting like you, you've just mentioned the gentleman that's buying up, you know, it seems like he's buying a business every couple of months, right? Which is fantastic. But to even have that in your in your sphere of people, right, of influence, whether you're in direct contact with him or not, but to even see that that's even possible, uh, how does that affect your mindset as far as even looking into the future of, of even knowing there again, being patient, but at the same time, having that drive and desire with these habits that you've developed to know that at the end of the day, you're going to get there, right? It's just going at your pace. Has it been yep. impactful being in the room with these folks? Yeah, it's super motivating being in the room. Um, you know, when you go to like a, a real estate event, or in this case, you know, the business mastermind event, um, same thing, you're surrounding yourself with people that, you know, maybe six months ago, or a year ago, or even five years ago, they were where you are, right. And there's a lot of other people in the room that are there day one with you of I don't know what I'm doing, who do I talk to. Um, but you know, before I entered that room, um, I really didn't know a lot of business owners, right? I mean, I knew like real estate and, you know, those kind of uh, entrepreneurs, but not like a brick and mortar, like a home services business owner. So, you know, just joining that mastermind put me in the room with those kind of people where I could obviously, you know, talk to them, pick their brain about what it's like to own a business. Um, how do they finance the business? What experience did they have, good or bad, going through, you know, the the buying program or the buying process? Um and also allowing me to, um, you know, network with these people and potentially partner with somebody. Like I said, um, I would love to partner with, you know, people that have already owned and bought and sold businesses because they've been through the trenches and they know what to look for. So if I can bring something to to them that they don't have, and they could bring that angle of experience that I don't have, you know, that creates a win-win. And 
it's uh yeah but super motivating to be around um all the different realms of people that are in that room and bringing that aspect of the personal development in yourself putting in the time having the habits getting the information and knowledge and then going into a room showing up and add looking to add value to others and these folks are from what my experience has been uh whether it's in a real estate room or or the business room is that they're all willing to help if you're willing to provide and give they're willing to help answer any questions that you have, point you in the right direction if you have a question. Uh, so the point I guess I'm trying to make is that you've got to get in the room, right? Without getting in the room, it doesn't do you any good. You've got to be willing and able to uh, step up and, and get that done as far as making making yourself available to these folks as well. So that's super cool. I know that's been uh, a big part of the process for you. So as we wrap up here, Greg, and I, I know this, this has been super valuable. I, hopefully the, the listeners were getting a lot of, of value from this content. Is there anything else, any final word that you'd like to share with uh, the listeners? Uh, any part of it? Anything else that you'd like to share at this point? Um, honestly, I would just say, you know, if you're, you're new to personal development or mindset, really dive into that. Yeah, kind of changed my life and turned my life around from being, you know, average or below average to... I won't say above average, but I'm on that right path of accelerating, not just staying at that same level. So um, can't emphasize it enough. Uh, mindset, personal development. Um, there's so many great resources out there, which I know Randy's going to share a lot of them with you as well. So um, definitely don't be shy. You know, reach out, ask those questions and mindset, personal development, dive into it. 100%. Couldn't say it better myself. So folks talking about reaching out, if folks want to reach out to you and pick your brain about business, real estate, personal development, anything that uh, any of those categories that we've shared today, even the uh, little bit of a health scare that you've had, maybe somebody is going through something similar. Uh, what are the best ways that people can reach you? Yeah, happy to reach out to um, to anybody that does reach out to me. So um, the best way to reach me is email. It's going to be uh, greg at all-inmindset.com. And the website's the same domain, all-inmindset.com. Um, but yeah, reach out. Um, I love when people just reach out and ask questions, especially around, um, you know, talking about diet, nutrition, habits, or real estate. Um, I'm an open book and I can talk for hours. So uh, please reach out. Love to hear from you guys. And we'll put the uh, email address in the show notes as well. I know you probably have might have some uh, some digital copies maybe of the books, some of your chapters, things like that might be available as well. So yeah, definitely reach out to Greg. He's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he's been a great friend of mine. We've really gotten to know each other over the last 10 months, I would say. And it's it's something I look forward to every single day. So even this conversation has been been a lot of fun. So really glad you, you joined us here on the Rich Mind Podcast, Greg. And uh, look forward to possibly having you back in the future. Yeah, thanks, Randy. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks. All right. Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor Jim Roden shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself and become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends.